The number of recreational hunters in our nation is seeing a steady decline over the past couple of decades. However, it is said that the hunters that remain today are willing to immerse themselves in the world of hunting with greater intensity than the recreational hunters in the recent generations. As representatives of today's hunters, we have the responsibility and the duty to guide and encourage new hunters on their way to becoming a consistent and better hunter. This is the exact reason that I wanted to have Colin Cottrell on today. Colin Cottrell is the host and the founder of the Activate the Hunt podcast, which is a podcast designed for hunters to hear information on anything from tips, strategies of hunting, and it's a podcast that's really designed for new hunters to activate the hunt inside of themselves. And it's a it's a great resource for anybody that is wanting to learn all about hunting and, and to learn how to get started in the hunting world. Personally, I've been able to gain a lot of good information from listening to his show, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to have him on today. So right after this episode, be sure to head over to Activate the Hunt podcast and give him a listen. And you can also check out what he's doing at ActivateTheHunt.com. So today we have a great conversation all about what inspires Colin to teach and guide new hunters. And we also get into some other topics like hunting in Texas, where his journey began as a hunter and his new project called the Digital Campfire. The Digital Campfire is an online networking community for seasoned hunters and new hunters alike. And it is a great way for you to connect to hunters from all around the country. So I've been a part of the Digital Campfire for a little bit of time now, and I just recently participated in my first online weekly call. And I have to tell you, it was a, it was a really good experience. I was able to speak with people from all over the country. We were able to bounce ideas off of each other. We were able to just sit there and converse about all types of different topics around hunting. So I definitely recommend it. And if you are interested in joining the Digital Campfire, you can sign up at jointhecampfire.com. And when you do sign up, be sure to use the code RKE. So that's RKE as in rise, kill, eat, just like this podcast. So be sure to use the code RKE and it would really help us out. So once you've signed up, you will receive an exclusive Activate the Hunt t-shirt and you will also be able to participate in the weekly call. So they have weekly calls once a week on Wednesday nights and they are usually around 10 o'clock Eastern time, nine o'clock Central time. And then again, it's, it's some really good conversations. And if you sign up, you will also be able to be automatically entered in some pretty awesome giveaways. So Colin has some pretty great buddies in the, in the hunting industry. So he's able to get a hold of some really good giveaways. I mean, they're giving away things from new bows to giving away hunt packages to, to members of the digital campfire. So it's a pretty awesome experience and you can find out more about the digital campfire at jointhecampfire.com. I'll be sure to have that link in the show notes for you if you are interested in that. And when you do sign up at jointhecampfire.com, be sure to use the code RKE and it's really going to help us out there. All right. So if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook yet, be sure to do that. On Facebook, you can find us at www.facebook.com slash RKE afield. All right. You can find us on there. Be sure to like us on there. And on Instagram, our handle is at RKE afield. So be sure to follow us on there. Be sure to give us some likes on there. We definitely appreciate it. That way you can stay up to date on all things RKE afield and the Rice Kill Eat podcast. So thank you guys for listening today. I really think you're going to enjoy today's talk with Colin. If this is your first time listening to the Rice Kill Eat podcast, then go ahead and 
drop us a rating on iTunes after you hear this episode. This is a great way for me to see what you guys think of the show, and it provides me with some honest feedback. Also, if you enjoyed today's show, go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. I'm really excited about what the month of July is going to bring. It's going to be a pretty exciting month for us, so I don't want you guys to miss out on any of that. So make sure you subscribe today. So far, we've had some pretty awesome guests on this this show. Guys like Tony Dempsey, who is a skilled and knowledgeable hunter, a bow fisherman, just an all-around knowledgeable guy from here in Kentucky. We just had Scott Gonzer, the owner and master roaster of Wyoming's Snowy Elk Coffee Company. We talked all about the science behind roasting a good cup of coffee and also being able to capture the outdoors in a variety of flavor profiles. Just last week, we had the very talented Cody Brown from Contact Outdoors Media and Beyond the Winds Productions, where he really pulled back the curtain on how he films hunts and all the factors that he considers when he's trying to tell the story of a hunt. So if you've missed those episodes, be sure to go back and listen to those. They are some really good episodes. I got some really good information. Be sure to do that. Be sure to check us out and go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. All right, so without further ado, I hope you guys are going to get a lot out of this. I think you will. We're going to go ahead and get into the talk with Colin of the Activate the Hunt podcast. So sit back and enjoy. Hey, Colin, man, how you doing? Doing good, man. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, doing great. I appreciate you taking uh, the time tonight to, to talk to me. I appreciate that quite a bit. Oh yeah, you bet, man. I'm I'm happy to, man. I'm excited to uh, to get a little conversation with you, man. This is this is good stuff. Excited that you're getting the podcast going too. That's pretty darn cool. Yeah, absolutely. We're I think your episode is going to be about I think number ten for me. So we're get, we're getting this thing rolling, getting this getting this show on the road, almost quite literally. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's, that's it's, really cool. It's been an exciting stuff. It is, yeah. It's been an exciting journey, and it's just a whole. The whole warning process and just you know doing everything that that is required with the podcasting deal is a uh, it's definitely been been quite a bit to learn so i feel like it, i made a little bit of progress so yeah it's some work that's for sure absolutely <laughs> but it's fun it's fun though like once you get it down and after you get rolling a little bit as you are already you know it kind of kind of makes it fun you know yeah getting that momentum going is always the hardest part for sure yeah exactly exactly no, uh, it looks like you got things going pretty good though. If you're ten episodes in already, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, we're getting there. We're making some progress and getting this thing going. <laughs> yeah, cool, man. I listened to your podcast today, uh, this morning. I, your latest episode with Jordan Miller. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, there was a, a few things, a few points you guys made on there, which was just flat out awesome. When you guys were talking about, you know, using social media and just taking taking that break and forcing yourself to take that break. And it's just a, it's a, it's a necessary thing that I feel like a lot of us have to do. And we, and a lot of us just simply don't, you know, there's been times when I've been oh, on yeah. a, on a hunt where, uh, you know, I've told, had to tell myself, like, I'm just going to put my phone in my pocket. I'm not going to worry about the the world right now. I'm just going to, you know, disconnect and, you know, just sit here and hunt. Yeah. So I, I thought that was a really neat point you guys made. Yeah. I've actually taken some what I call sabbaticals from social media a few different times just to, just to clear my head and get away from it. And remember what reality is like, you know, it's, it's, being a marketing guy, you know, I've been doing social media since 
Facebook and Instagram and all of it started. So, yeah. I mean, I can remember literally when, when Facebook was, you know, you had to have a, a .edu uh, email address just to get on Facebook at that time. So, <laughs> it was like, uh, it was crazy, man, to look back, you know, it was like 2006. But, man, especially once I got married and had kids, like, I took a step back. I took I took a step off of Facebook for about a year. And uh, it was kind of nice to just take that step back. And really, I wasn't on Instagram too much either. I was, I'd post every once in a while here and there. But, you know, you can control Instagram a little bit more than Facebook. So right. it was uh, it was nice, though. Like, it just, like, brought me back to reality in a lot of ways and just made me realize, like, how much I was putting into social media compared to how much I was actually putting into just regular life, you know? Right, yeah, absolutely. They got that thing now where... Uh once a week, it'll send you like a weekly report. I don't know. If, maybe it's just my phone. I don't know, but it'll send me a weekly report telling me, you know, how much time a day I'm spending on the phone. And that was a, that was yep. a big, that was a big eye opener for me just because, you know, nope. I actually quantified the, the value and was able to see that. Exactly. You know, it really it does show you, you know, with my iPhone shows me that for sure. And it's like, whoa, I'm spending, I spent eight hours, you know, on, on social media this week or whatever it was, you know, right. and I was just like, you just get, you just get blown away. Obviously with what I'm doing now, I spend a lot of time on there trying to build my own little business on the side doing that. But, you know, it still puts it into perspective, like, okay, do I really need to spend that much time or do I need to maybe spend more quality time on there and then, you know, do more offline to, to prepare for that, you know? <laughs> right. It definitely so, forces you to reprioritize. That's. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. It does, man. It's, it's, it's crazy, but yeah, that's cool, man. Well, I appreciate you listening to the podcast, but that was a really good, I really enjoyed that conversation with Jordan and just getting to know him better, you know, out, out at, uh, at Western Hunt Expo, man, was just, it was a good time. You know, it's like when you connect with somebody and you just feel like you're on the same level, you know, there's just that right. same connection there, you know, right. there's nothing like that. So <laughs> it's cool. It's more than just a, it's more than just an interview than it's, like an actual conversation <laughs> right, right you're sitting there talking to somebody rather than you know questions and answers yeah. i feel like it's it's when, whenever that kind of conversation occurs it's so much easier so much more fluid and it's a lot easier to listen to as well yeah exactly yeah definitely that well that reminds me because you mentioned uh the western hunt expo so how was that this year it was you know i was my first time ever going to that show and i was i was impressed you know i've I grew up in Minnesota. I grew up in the Midwest. So, you know, it was I just growing up not out West, you know, I, I never really hunted out West. But then when I was 22 years old or 21, I moved out to Montana and I hunted out West and I filmed for a, a TV show uh, that was based on Western hunting. So I spent a lot of time out West after that. But so the Western hunting lifestyle is something that I'm really interested in, even though I live in Texas now and most of my hunting is whitetails and hogs and this and that, you know, it's like, man, I still always have that drive and that dream to get back out West and do some elk hunting, do some deer hunting, get back on some antelope, you know, do some of that bear hunt, spot and stock bear, you know, so going to that show was a lot of fun and it was a lot of fun to talk to these Western, hardcore Western guys, see some of these, you know, hardcore Western companies. And, and, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really go for like, cause it, really the big part of that show is they raffle off and they sell hunts and they do some different things like that that are based on conservation and, and getting, you know, having the opportunity to win some free hunts and stuff, which is actually a big part of that show. But I didn't really go there for that. I just really went to, you know, just to network and have a good time and hang out with some good people. 
So it was good. I had a good time. Yeah, some of those hunts that they raffle off there, I mean, they go for insane amounts of money. Mm. It's crazy how much they go for. I was like, yeah, I don't think I'll ever be uh, <laughs> buying a hunt from something like this, but possibly, I know that there's an opportunity to win some hunts and stuff like that, too, so that's something i got to look into for next year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a raffle getting your name drawn is a lot better than right now to check for $50,000. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure i actually had a my one of my buddies actually he, he he's won a couple hunts from that show or from the, those drawings at that show so it's possible to win that's for sure it's possible <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah well we got me and you we kind of got first connected through instagram you know i started following yeah, activate dude. the hunt podcast i i think it was a, oh it was a, quite a while back and then uh you know you started posting more and get more active and i was like man this is this is really cool and then right about that time <laughs> when you were you know making a reemergence there um you know i was yep. considering going back and forth on the podcast through my uh rku field brand it's a little apparel brand that i own my wife and yep. i we run and uh kind of ha- going back and forth on the idea of this podcast here i was like man i gotta have colin on there he he seems like the kind of guy that i need to have so again i appreciate yeah, you no, taking man. the time man talk to me with me tonight yeah absolutely man I'm, I'm excited about this dude it's it's uh it's cool that it's been fun to be able to kind of put more effort into my social media even though i don't necessarily always like doing it but being able to like stick to it and put more effort into it and then connect with people on a real level like that's I, that's what i love i i love to actually connect with people on a real level right. and i can tell like when you and i connected it was it wasn't just like oh hey you're following me i'm following you now cool right on you know i'll like your photo every once in a while it's like no i could tell we both had a lot of similarities we we both have a, a lot of things that we believe in that are the same you know family values our, our faith you know different things like that so i could definitely tell there was going to be a good connection there and it, so it's cool that you uh, invited me to come on and have a conversation with you man i appreciate it yeah i definitely appreciate it uh you guys you're i keep bringing up your last episode with jordan miller but you guys kind of yep. got into, you know, the faith aspect of it. And that's, that's something I've talked to quite a bit about, uh, you know, in some of my monologue episodes and that kind of thing. But if you feel, you feel like you want to, you know, kind of share, kind of share your faith with us a little bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd be happy to. So I did, I grew up in a, I grew up in a Christian home and, you know, we, we, you know, we went to church on Sunday, the, the, the regular American Christian family, you know, where we went to church on Sunday and we did faith, different faith-based things in our church. It was a Christian missionary, CMA church, Christian Missionary Alliance Church, little Verndale, Minnesota. So I, I grew up in a little town of, of about 450 people, 500 people, I think. So Dang. it's a pretty small, pretty small town, you know, we, we've got. We've got, uh, we've got like six churches, two bars, a couple gas stations, and, and that's pretty much it. No stoplights. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it, it's pretty crazy. But, uh, you know, we grew up farming and ranching and, and doing that kind of thing. And so, you know, we, we grew up as this, the basic, you know, small town, rural American family. But, uh, as I grew older, you know, I, I started to really understand what my relationship with God was all about and, and my, you know, my relationship with Christ. And, you know, as I, as I grew older, you know, I, I was, you know, I, you know, I, I read the word, I read the Bible, you know, I, I really tried to grow and learn. And then I went off to college and had some pretty crazy years, kind of not, not, 
necessarily didn't believe in God or anything like that, but I definitely fell away and kind of went on my own path for a while. But over the last, man, I'd say since I got married when I, uh, about three years ago, I really kind of came back to my faith and, uh, you know, not that I have to go to church to grow in my faith, but I started going to church again. I started reading right. the Bible again, which is the most important thing. And, you know, it really just getting that daily word in really helped me start to grow my relationship. And then I started to realize how much I needed that relationship with God to help improve my marriage and help me improve as a father and those kinds of things. So, you know, it's really the backbone of my life is my relationship with God and, and the gospel message. And, uh, you know, as I, as I grow and I, and I look back at my twenties and I realize, you know, how far I fell down, you know, to come back up, um, you know, I kind of have a cool story and a cool testimony that I can share with people and uh, maybe help somebody in some way. Not that it's because of my doing, but I know God is working through me and, and wants me to use my story and use, uh, you know, my, my negative and downfalls in my life to help pe- people, not necessarily, you know, they'll learn from it, that I can use it for people to learn from me and my mistakes and, and, and see where I've come from and kind of the redemption I've had in my life. And I know it's not because of myself, it's because God has, has empowered me and, and helped me through a lot of tough, tough moments in my life. So yeah, that's what my faith is uh, for me, man. It's, it's really dear to me and it's, it's something I'm trying to grow in all the time and, and not that I'm like this perfect Christian person or anything like that. And, and cause I'm not, but uh, I'm always striving to grow in my faith and, and grow in my relationship with God and, and, and get to know what the Bible says. So yeah, man, that's, that's what it's all about. Man, that's awesome to hear. That's awesome to hear. And uh, yeah, you mentioned getting back into church and, you know, just having those people around you, just having that support and knowing that you have, you know, people of the same faith and trying to, achieve the same goals of being, you know, better fathers, better husbands, you know, better providers, those kind of things. It's just, it's a, it's a big deal to have that kind of support and see, you know, examples of other people who are, you know, striving to do what you're trying to accomplish. So having those other people around you is a big deal. Absolutely. And, and so it was about, it was about a year ago. Yeah, it was just a little over a year ago. I moved here to a little, uh, well, not little, it's 20,000 people, but a town in uh, Texas, uh, central Texas called Stephenville, Texas. And we literally, the place, the place I bought is literally an, uh, a mile from the, a church, a Baptist church here. And I'm not Baptist or anything like that, but it's a Bible believing, Bible reading church. And right. we went there the first Sunday we moved here and just, I just started getting to know people and, and right away I was just blown away by how real and authentic people were. It wasn't, it, they weren't afraid to share their, you know, their struggles and the, the hard parts of their life and to really use that as a testimony to others that were starting to grow in their faith and wanting to grow in their faith. And just having those kind of people around me over the last year and a half has really just helped me. I don't know where I'd be in the last year and a half if I didn't have those people around me and, and, and be studying the Bible with those kind of people and and uh, just having those people speak into me as a man and then speak into me and my wife as a married couple as well because we've been through a lot of struggles and my testimony has a lot of struggle in it when it comes to not, not necessarily my marriage part but before I was married and, and us having our, our, how our relationship started. So from there, you know, it's like, man, I, I knew I needed some good people around me and I, and I knew I did it needed to be Christ centered. So it's, it's been a blessing, man. It's been really cool. Yeah. That's awesome to hear. So 
what what in the world brought you from Minnesota down to Texas? <laughs> Is there anything in particular? <laughs> That's a long trip. So, no, it's a, it's a cool story, actually. So I, I kind of had mentioned that I, I moved from Minnesota to Montana for a couple years. Okay, yeah. Well, when I was living when I was living in Montana, I actually was filming for a it was an online TV show back in that time. It was the first like yeah. one of the first online TV shows. It was called Outback Outdoors. And I was filming for one of the guys, just doing some freelance video op- video work, as well as running my own little marketing business. So that's kind of what I was doing for a living. So I, and I was single, and I didn't really have anything holding me down. So I kind of just traveled a lot and, and filmed and hunted and, and did a bunch of work on the road with my laptop. You know, and just I just needed the internet to do that. So, but uh, I was in a hunting camp in eastern Montana, actually an antelope hunt. It was uh, mid August antelope season opened up in montana and so me and ryan were in this this little uh hunting camp in the middle of nowhere literally montana and there was a little writer's camp going on with this so ryan was friends with this outfitter who was letting us hunt on his land he actually guides for him in in the in the fall uh, elk season so the guy you know the guy let us hunt on his place to film some hunts and they were having a writer's hunt there while we were there just happened to be having this writer's hunt and uh, so one of the guys that was on this writer's hunt, his name is Robert Hogue. And Robert Hogue is the uh, founder of the website called bowhunting.net, which was the first bow hunting website to ever be on the internet, back, which started back in 1994 on AOL. And then it migrated over when the internet actually got going in 1996, he moved it over and, and put it on bowhunting.net. So I met Robert in hunting camp and him being an internet entrepreneur, and me being an internet guy, you know, we, we hit it off. And Ryan, after a couple of days, we ended up having some rain, and that was kind of affecting the hunting. And Ryan had to go do some, he, he also was a uh, professional rodeo clown and rodeo entertainer, so he had to go to a rodeo performance. So he's like, why don't you stay here in camp? And I was like, yeah, I was hoping you'd say that, because I want to I wanna stay and hang out with some of these guys. They're good people, you know? And it, it's just a good networking opportunity as well. So I ended up hanging out in that camp, that hunting camp, for about three more days and uh, just hanging out, helping out as much as I could, kind of, you know, not necessarily guiding, but just helping get, you know, meals ready and different things like that, just kind of pulling my weight and really just hanging out with the guys and hanging out with Robert a bunch. And he was showing me his website. He was literally updating his website. This was 2009. So it was still, I mean, this was still, you know, before we had a lot of good internet you know right. he literally brought a satellite internet connection with him that he had to pay a lot of money for just so he could update his website while he was on that hunt because he wanted to, the idea was to have semi-live updates from hunting camp for his website that's awesome and uh it was cool and we we hit it off and we ended up you know staying connected and uh the next the next year he invited me to come to texas he's from texas and he's like why don't you come out to texas and, and uh you know, come do some hunting with me, do some hologram, and we can talk about, you know, I need some help with my website and stuff. And I was like, oh, that'd be, that'd be awesome. So it was like January of 2010, I believe. And maybe it was 2009. I don't know. It was somewhere in there. But uh, anyway, he, I was like, well, I don't really have a lot of money to fly out there and do that. He's like, no, I got, I got you. So he flew me out, put me up at his house. What a, what a good guy, you know? And, right. and we did some hog did some hog hunting while I was there and we worked on his website and did some different things and man, we just had a good time, you know, we just really hit it off and, and started to become real good friends. And so I ended up deciding to go back to college 
for another year after that. And so I went back to Minnesota to go go, go to college and play some college football. And uh, so we stayed in touch. And I, I ended up starting to help him and his business partner on their website on a monthly basis. So I was getting, you know, I was getting paid to do stuff to make some extra money while I was in college, which is always nice, you know. And uh, after that, that year of college, I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm done with school. You know, business, you know, my business had started to kind of take off a little bit. I was starting to get more clients and different things like that. And Robert was like, why don't you come back out here and, and hang out with me? So I went back out to Texas that next spring. And we ended up going on a turkey hunt together. We were Actually, we went on a turkey road trip where I filmed him. And we actually, we both filmed each other and we hunted like six different states we were trying to kill the grand slam with our bows and he does that he tries to do that every year which is really cool yeah and i've never done anything like that before and i was kind of working for him you know not full-time but part-time working for him and his website doing a lot of stuff once he's like why don't you come out i'll pay for your trip and we'll have a good time you know we'll help each other out so we ended up doing that and, and man i just had a great time and just started to really fall in love with texas and I didn't really have anything else holding me down, you know, so um, I ended up moving out to Texas after that, and uh, man, the rest is history. I've been there since 2011, or been here since 2011, and I love it here, man. It's <laughs> it's a great state. There's just a lot of good people, a lot of good hunting. You know, it's a big state. There's a lot to do, a lot of different, you know, a variety when it comes to, you know, you can go to the coast, or you can you can hit the hill country and you know, there's just a lot of cool stuff here. And my wife is from San Antonio. So she, uh, she's from the hill country. So I spent some time in the hill country as well. And then we both decided we wanted to get back to central Texas. And a big part of that was I wanted to get closer to my buddy, Robert. I, I live an hour away from him now. And we hang out at least once a week. And, and a lot of, a lot of weekends we hang out cause we're on the same hunting lease together, which is pretty cool. So Robert is a is a great guy, and, and I'm really thankful that he, you know, kind of invited me on that first hunt, and where we've come from on, in our friendship to be, you know, this close now, and he's just a great guy, you know, I'm just, it, what a blessing. That's an awesome story that you were able to, you know, pretty much literally move cross-country to be able to, you know, pursue your dreams and be able to go do do what you want to do down in Texas. I mean, I've never, I've never been to Texas and I, I hope to make it there one day and I hope to spend quite a bit of time there because everything that I know about Texas, it just, it seems like it, it fits my style. <laughs> so uh, I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to make it down there. So now that you're in Heck Texas, yeah, for the most part, for people who haven't been there, myself included, mm-hmm. whenever we think of yep. hunting in Texas, uh, we hear a lot of stereotypes of, you know, high fenced oh, yeah. ranches you know, we hear a lot yeah. of, uh, you know, all types of different crazy, crazy hunt stories. And I mean, the, the crazy diversity of wildlife where, you know, you get ranchers that bring exotic animals in and then they escape through the fences. And then all of a sudden you have the, uh, crazy, <laughs> you know, exotic animal running around repopulating everywhere. So give me from a Texan perspective, how is hunting, in, <laughs> how is hunting in Texas? Yeah. You know, I really like the hunting here. I, I like the diversity of it. You know, and yeah, you do hear the stereotypes and all. Oh, all you do is feed them corn and this and that. And all you guys do is hunt high fence. <laughs> I've heard all you that. Know, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny because I grew up in Minnesota in the Midwest, obviously, and I always heard that as well growing up there. And it's like, well, you know, they don't really have the agriculture here like we have in the Midwest. I mean, yeah, in the Midwest, you can plant a food plot and you can, uh, you know, have a have great. Uh, soybean fields and great cornfields to hunt over 
Well, isn't that the same thing as putting a little bit of food down from a feeder? You know, right. it really is. It's really not much different. And, uh, and and here's the thing: you'll find out that on some ranches and different things like that, yeah, the deer will come into the corn and they'll get used to it, maybe get somewhat of a pattern. But where I hunt, it's a thousand acres, low fence, and it's bow only. And the deer don't just come to a feeder just to come to the feeder and eat. Like when hunting season is on, they know what's going on. They're they're not dumb. And it's really tough to kill the deer here, uh, just like it is anywhere. So it's, uh, you know, yeah, you, you go to, you can go to a high fence ranch place and actually, you know, there's like, so one of my clients and one of my friends is Ted Nugent and he lives about an hour and a half from me here. He's over near Waco and he's got a 400 acre high fence ranch and, you know, he gets a lot of guff because he hunts high fence, you know, when you hear high fence, you hear about Ted Nugent all the time, you know, but, uh, but I'll tell you what, man. I know, I know the the former ranch manager is one of my best friends now. His name's Chris Helms, and I know Ted very well because he was my client. And uh, they go days and days without seeing animals when they're during hunting season. So even in a four hundred acre high fence ranch, it's it's not you know it's not it's not just going to happen like people think it is. You know now right. there's a there's a big difference. There is places where it's like a pen hunt where there's like a twenty acre place. And they let out the animal, and you can kill it. Like I'm sure there's places like that. I've never personally been the one, but I've heard that there is those kinds of things here. But I'm not interested in that, and I think most regular hunters are not into that. So yeah. you know, it really it's a very small percentage. I think there's, a, you know, I don't even want to say the kind of people that go hunt there, but you know, I'm sure there's people that do that. You know, so and that's it. That's what they want to do. That's what they want to do. I guess. But uh, you know, for me, I, I just enjoy it, man. It's really cool to. To, you know, there's access gear and there's all these different exotic type games and 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 actually some of these places, you know, like a black buck and access, there is wild free ranging access deer that have been brought here, obviously, yeah. and have have bred and multiplied and in in the hill country, there's actually a lot of access deer. There's black buck. There's even pretty good populations of elk um, that are free ranging, which is pretty. A lot of people don't know that. And, uh, so yeah, there's a lot of hunting opportunity and then obviously wild hogs are another big thing, you know, that people hear about. That's probably one of the, one of the coolest hunts that you could come on here in Texas is because it doesn't cost a lot of money to come hunt them and they're, they're all over the place. And, uh, you know, so I, I do a lot of hog, actually that's one thing I'm kind of ramping up right now is I've got the feeders running pretty good out on our play, on our lease. I'm getting a lot of the, I'm obviously trying to scout for the deer, you know, it's velvet season getting right. started, but, uh. But in the summertime, it's like, why not? We There's no season on them. You might, you might as well, you know, it really helps out the, the ranchers and the farmers on their hay fields and their agriculture fields. You know, you try to, you try to, you know, you know, uh, lessen the damage, you know, because they multiply really quick. So, I do, you know, it's been a lot of fun to hunt those and, and uh, actually have a few guys come out and, and uh, you know, I got a few guys here and there to, to come out and do some hunting as well. So, it's a lot of fun, man, but. You know, Texas is so diverse. There's so much, you know, different kind of hunting. There's so much different opportunity. You know, it's, I would definitely recommend anybody who has any kind of, uh, you know, who doesn't understand what hunting in Texas is like to come out here and check it out and try it. And, uh, you know, you'll see what it's like. It's, it's not a, a walk in the park. Like people think right. it's not like they're just come to, come to, come to the feeder and, and, and game, you know. Yeah, I'm sure there's some places like that where it does, you know those deer get pattern or those animals get pattern, but for the most part, it's not really like that. So, 
yeah, I'm sure those type of places, I mean, those are going to occur just about anywhere. It's not, that's not something that I feel like is exclusive exactly. to Texas. It's going to be something. I mean, I feel like there's places even around here, definitely around here in Kentucky where you're going to have, uh, you know, you're going to have overpopulation in certain areas of deer where, I mean, it's, it's just going to be free picking almost. And then other areas, I mean, you're going to, yep. you're not going to see anything. <laughs> you're not going to see anything for a while. So it's just, it's just one well, of those things, you know? And one of the, one of the things that isn't talked about a lot too with, with Texas is a lot of those exotic game that have come from India and come from Africa and come from some of these other foreign countries. Um, we, we've really, uh, the effort we put into conservation has been huge some of these animals have been close to extinction and we've brought them here because we have the, you know, they're able to live in, in, in this weather here and it really, they really thrive in the weather we have here. And, uh, we've really helped save like scimitorn horned oryx and the axis deer and some of these other animals that were not thriving very well in some of the places they're from have come here and really thrive. So, there's a lot of conservation effort going into, uh, you know, into the hunting here as well. And I really like to see that as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You mentioned, uh, hogs before. It's not something that we have a whole lot of here in Kentucky. Now we do have quite a bit, especially on the Western side of Kentucky. You know, there's a lot of agriculture and it's a lot flatter out there because that's when you get close to the Mississippi river and everything. But where I live on the Eastern side, it's right on the edge of the Appalachian mountains here uh hogs it's it's not really an issue out there so what are some things that you consider for when you're hog hunting as far as you know tactics techniques you know how to hunt how to hunt hogs yeah yeah and and one of the cool things about hog hunting is there's so many different ways to do it here in texas so yeah there's definitely a quite a rundown of things you can do so there's a few different ways to hunt them and uh the way i personally hunt them on my lease is we we bow hunt for them so you can either, you know, sit in the ground blind or sit in the stand or you can spot and stalk. And that, personally, what I like to do is I like to, you know, just to give you the best opportunity to get them standing still is to run a feeder, a corn feeder, and then you put on some different attractants, uh, some, you know, some sugar-based uh, type attractants, some long-range attractants to help them come in. And then you kind of watch your trail cameras and, and you kind of keep an eye on them and you start to see when they start to, you know, hit those feeders during daylight period. And that's when you say, all right, time to put some time in the stand and, and, uh, or the ground, I do a lot of ground blind hunting actually. And so you'll put a lot of time in the ground blind and those, those, those wild pigs will, you know, they're hungry, man. They're out there wild and they're looking for food and they come in and, and you put a good arrow in them and then you've got some really fresh, uh, you know, you've got some really fresh pork, man. And it's so good. But, uh, a couple of the other ways that I've hunted them as well is, uh, Another thing that's pretty popular here is hunting them with dogs, actually, which is one of the oldest ways and methods of hunting animals is with dogs. A lot of people don't know that. I know it gets a lot of guff because people don't understand hunting with dogs, but yeah. those dogs are literally raised and trained to hunt. They love it. I mean, it's it's their livelihood. That's It's what they love to do. And I've seen some of these dogs that are so well-trained that they... You know, one second they're kissing your face, the next second they're, they're, they got their jaws around the, the ears of a hog and they're holding it down, pinning it down, you know. And, uh, it's really cool. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll go out at night, just at dusk, and we'll start to, uh, we'll let those dogs run around and those dogs will pick up a scent trail or, or, you know, whatever. And they'll get on those hogs and then they'll, uh, 
they'll find the hogs and, and they'll basically uh, they'll they'll get on that hog, they'll bay it up, and they'll, they'll you'll have a catch dog which will run in and they'll grab the ear of that hog and hold on to it, and then the rest of those dogs, like three or four other dogs, will stay around that hog and circle it, and that hog will be tired out and he'll just stay right there. And that's when you come in, you run in off of a four, you know, a side by side or a four by four or something like that, or even just you know running through the woods with them, and you'll have a a knife. You'll come in and you'll put a nice lethal you know stab into that that uh, hog's heart, and it's quick. It's a quick kill. You know they bleed out real quick, and there's some danger involved there. It's a rush, but I've done it, and it's a lot of fun, man. There's there's a lot to it, and then you know it's a quick ethical way to kill an animal as well. So um, that's another way. That's another method, and then a couple other methods I've done as well is we'll do. Um, so we'll go out at night and we'll use, which is one of the things here in Texas is a different, it's different than a lot of states is you can do a lot of night hunting with different animals. So we'll go out with thermal imaging scopes and binoculars and we'll go out and find those hogs out in the field, out digging up, rooting up, you know, farmers hay fields and different things like that. And so we'll get out there, we'll find them, we'll spot them from long range, we'll get the wind in our favor and then we'll stock in on them. And with either shotguns or you can actually shoot them, you know, with, with a, uh, with a, with a, um, a gun from that range as well, if you want. But what I like to do is we go in with, uh, with shotguns with double lot buckshot and we'll get about 30 yards away from them and we'll, we'll spotlight them and then we'll shoot them because we'll, you know, make it for a nice lethal close up shot. And that's a rush as well. That's a lot of fun, but man, that's, those are a few of the different methods. I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, you can just, you know, spot stock them. You know, whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want to do, really, any other methods that you would hunt any other animal, it's, it really can be done with hogs. But their nose is, their nose is really good. Their eyesight isn't very good, but their nose is really good. So you always have to have the wing in your favor. That's the biggest thing. Sounds like it's very similar to how you would hunt whitetails as far as, you know, paying attention to that wind and making sure that you, you know, have that in your face and that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. One, one thing about a hog, though, is, you know, a lot of times you'll find them out you know, rooting around in a field and they'll have their nose on the ground. So, yeah. you know, that, that that's one that's one thing. I mean, if you you obviously want to get that wind right or they're going to pick you off, but, uh, or they're going to start to smell you, you know, what's going, they're going to figure out something's going on, something's not right here. But uh, I actually, uh, about three weeks ago, I killed a hog. It was, we were coming in from turkey hunting, actually. And uh, I just happened to have my bow, you know, just in the backseat of the truck and, Robert and I were driving out of the lease and he was coming across the field there. He was in between some cows that were out there in the field. And I was like, Oh, there's a hog out there. I was like, stop, you know? And, and I got out really quick and grabbed my bow and, and uh, started to kind of put a stock on him through these cows. And I, he kind of kept he had his nose down the whole time and was walking. He actually crossed the fence, went through a fence, walked into this other uh, hay field and uh, got to the other side. And I crossed that fence and, and he was just had his nose to the ground, man. I, I had the wind in my favor. Everything was in the right, you know, everything was going good. And I got up to him about 40 yards away. And uh, I didn't have a range finder or anything like that. I didn't have, happen to grab a range finder. But I knew I was about 40 yards away. And I pulled back and I put an arrow through him. And he dropped 10 yards away. And, man, it was awesome. It just, it's fun. You know, it's fun. You're, you're on a turkey hunt, you know. And I didn't have any didn't have any luck that night turkey hunting. But, you know, you're on your way out of the lease. And all of a sudden, there's... It turns into a hog hunt. You know? It's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And now, we, and now we got fresh, 
fresh back straps, you know? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask so, you. How do you taste? I actually haven't eaten them yet. <laughs> He's in my okay. freezer. <laughs> but they're good. They're really, he was a perfect size eater. And they're all, they're all good eaters. So that's one of the things, too, you'll hear people say, well, aren't those things, you know, nasty or whatever? And most of the time, I mean, if you got like a 400 or 500 pound boar hog, it's never been cut. I mean, I'm sure that those probably might have some rank taste to them just from the testosterone running yeah. through them. But every hog that I've killed and ate, whether it was a boar hog or whatever, they've tasted excellent, man. They've been so good. And my, my dad is coming hunt here, and, and my uncle's coming hunt with me. And I I went back home, and my dad smoked them, and we, we've cooked them all kinds of different ways. And it's excellent. There's, I mean, it's I would say it's one of my favorite meats, honestly, is wild hog. It's really good. That's awesome. Yeah, you, you definitely got me convinced. I'm going to have to try it sometime. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, man, it's, it, it's a lot of fun, especially if you haven't been to Texas. you got to come and you know, check out the culture, check out the people, lot to see, and then and turn it into a hunt as well, you know? <laughs> yeah, whenever whenever I think of Texas, I think of hog hunting. Whenever Yeah, so like hog hunting and whitetail, I feel like those are those are the, the things to do in Texas. Yep, yep, <laughs> absolutely. Well, another thing, too, that I would definitely recommend if you get an opportunity someday is to do, like, an axis hunt. Uh, axis deer yeah. is one of the, is probably the top uh, of venison meat that I've ever eaten. It's so tender. It's so juicy. It's like, it's like eating a, fre- it's like eating, like, a, a two-year-old doe. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. so good. Like, it's so fresh and so good and tender. You know, it, man, there's nothing like it. So. I've heard they are, and I've heard a lot of it's because, uh, you know, because they're so fast and they're so athletic that their their meat, their muscles is so lean, and it you know it keeps it tender, it keeps it soft. I've heard that it, it is, and obviously I've never tried it before, but I can definitely yep. imagine how how that would taste. Oh yeah, man, it's it's really good. I've uh, I've actually never killed one myself. I missed one one time, but yeah. I've had a couple different friends give me some of their meat and i was like oh man i gotta start hunting these things more <laughs> i gotta i gotta find a place that that has these where i can go hunt them a little bit that'd be kind of fun that's awesome so i'm gonna switch gears on you a little bit so we talked a little bit about activate the hunt and your podcast and your show that you have going on there so what inspired you to start activate the hunt yeah man that's a good that's a really good question and uh, so what inspired me to start activate the hunt so about Three years ago now, actually, is when I actually started it. You know, I've like you kind of mentioned, I've ramped it up over the last couple months. Yes. But uh, I originally started it about three years ago. And one of the biggest things that really kind of got me wanting to start something like that, so I've, I've had internet and website businesses for a long time that were hunting-related, and I've worked with a lot of hunting, hunting clients. And uh, so I ended up selling my website, and I kind of took a step back from the hunting industry for a couple of years. And this is right around the same time I got married, had my first child. And I had taken a step back and I was kind of like, you know, kind of going through these, going through a change in my life where I was like, you know, I, I want, I don't want this just to be about me anymore. I want this to be about other people and getting people involved and, and leaving a le- some kind of legacy, which is, you know, my passion of hunting. So yeah. I started doing some research and I started hearing some information about how hunting is in decline and there's less hunters now and this and that. And I really started to do some hardcore research, research on it. And I found out that back in the, you know, the two thousands that we, 
you know, we were right around, I think, 17 or 18 million hunters. And today, 2019, we're right around 11 and a half million yeah. hunters. So we've dramatically dropped in par- hunting participation, which has also uh, somewhat dropped the license sales, uh, which is a direct correlation to our conservation efforts here in the United States. So, you know, with that in mind, um, I, I was like, you know, there's got to be a way to start to, you know, get get people, you know, involved in hunting who maybe don't know a lot about it, but have heard about it, and maybe don't have a, you know, a way to start or a place, you know, to learn and start from. So that's kind of where, you know, Activate the Hunt came from. You know, I was like, this this will be their opportunity to activate the hunt and, and you know, start to learn more about what hunting is about. And not just the kill, you know, the whole the whole uh, experience of the hunt, you know, from start to finish. So that's really what the podcast, that's what, you know, really the organization as a whole is based off of, you know, is, is getting new hunters involved. But me, even as an experienced hunter, somebody who's hunted for 20 years, I learn a lot just by being part of it myself. You know, I, I'm learning new things and, and learning old things too that I, I've kind of forgot about. So it's been really cool to, you know, to focus more more time and attention to that over the last few months and kind of do more of the podcasting. And it's been, it's cool because I've, I have all these relationships built up with people in the hunting industry for all these years that I've worked with. And now I can directly go to them and, and tap into their information to help people. You know, I was like, this is the way I can, I can tap into my relationships, you know, to interview different hunters out there who are at the top of their game so I can bring this information to, you know, to other people out there who maybe don't have that information at their fingertips. So that's kind of, kind of been the start of it, man. And it's, it's, you know, it's just the start really now, but I see some exciting times ahead and and really just focusing on the effort of of getting new people involved in hunting. Yeah. That's something I've definitely admired from listening to your show is you kind of take it, almost like it's like an educational course almost it's almost feel like i'm attending class whenever i listen because you have some guests on there that are really educated and they have the experience and the you know the the different types of you know they have all kinds of tips and that kind of thing that can help Mm -hmm. you know even not necessarily just new hunters but also people who've been at it for a while who may be you know stuck in a rut or they just may want to you know learn how to do something different and that's something that I've really admired from listening to your show and, you know, going through, you know, some of the past episodes and that kind of thing. And, uh, it's, it's been a, I don't know, for me, at least it's been a great benefit because, you know, I'm, I'm getting kind of back into hunting within the past, I'd say probably f- four or five years, a good buddy of mine, mm-hmm. he, he kind of reintroduced me back into hunting after I had been yep. out of it since I was, you know, a teenager. So, you know, going through and, listening to some of the guests that you've had, it's been very helpful because it's, yeah, like I said, it's, it's almost like I'm attending class almost got to break out the notepad or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's a, it's jam packed with a lot of information and no, I really like that too. It's actually kind of brought me back, like kind of looking at things from a different perspective because, you know, sometimes we take it for granted. Like for me personally, I grew up hunting, you know, really from a young age, my dad, you know, was bringing me out to the deer stand from the time I was three years old. And I was, you know, I, I, my early, some of my earliest memories are hanging out in hunting camp, my family hunting camp in northern Minnesota during deer season, deer rifle season, and just sitting around the campfire, sitting around the, you know, the deer pole, just telling, you know, hearing stories really from my uncle and my aunt and my dad. And, 
and man, I just, I hang on to that a lot. You know, I think back to that a lot and, uh, you know, but growing up in a hunting family, we take it for granted, you know, that we had it so close to us because a lot of people, you know, in today's world didn't grow up in a hunting family necessarily. They didn't really have a dad maybe or an uncle that taught them how to hunt. And, uh, that's really the, the, I think one of the best, you know, that's a great method to learn how to hunt, but for those people that haven't been able to learn to hunt that way, you know, you, you forget about that. So it's kind of brought me back to, you know, to the beginning and, and trying to remember how I got started and, and how I can help other people get started through my experiences and through uh, just the experiences, of obviously, of the guests and, and the others that I interview and talk to and different things like that. So, you know, it's that's really the basis on it. But yeah, man, it's it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. I'm learning a lot myself because I'm, 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 you know, I'm not like some great hunter or something like that. You know, right. I've killed killed a few animals here and there, but really, I'm just getting started. I sometimes I look back and think, you know, I'm just getting started on on my own hunting journey. For, you know, I, I've yeah. been hunting for a long time, but I'm really kind of hitting that point where I'm really starting to learn and grow and, and kind of hone my skills in. You know. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of the idea that we're, you know, we're always students. I feel like if I ever get to a point with any part of my life, I mean, not just hunting, but just any part of my life. Yes. If I'm if I'm at a point to where I feel like I know everything and, you know, I'm an expert and I've got it all figured out, then I know one thing's coming is that I'm going to be humbled very quickly. And (laughs) (laughs) so I I try to uh, uh, avoid those you know, type of scenarios. And, you know, I just try to keep in mind that, you know, I, no matter what it is, no matter what topic it is, whether it's hunting or, uh, you know, family or, you know, being a husband, whatever the, the yeah. topic is, I've always got to be a student of myself, what I know, and then yeah. those around me. No, I, I'm right there with you, man. I've been humbled a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. I've been humbled a lot in, in my life, my personal life and in hunting. So, yeah. You know, every time you're humbled, it kind of you kind of look back and you remember, yeah, yeah, I'm not as good as yeah. I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> right. I got a lot to learn, and, and it's always going to be that way. And the older you get, the more mature you get. You know, the more you realize, like, yeah, I my pride, my pride needs to lower, and I need to, I need to stay humble. Right. And uh, it just seems like things work a lot better in life when when that happens. One thing, I, another thing I liked about your show is the fact that you are. And about what you're doing is that you're willing to introduce new hunters. You uh, recently posted an episode a couple from, I guess it was a couple years ago, wasn't it, when you took Ryan Mickler out and you recently posted yep. that episode. And uh, I thought it was really neat that you were willing to take, you know, Ryan out, let him get, you know, some experience hunting. Um, Ryan Mickler is the, he's the owner, the operator, podcast host all the above of the order of man podcast. And yeah. he's got a really good one over there. So Colin actually oh, took, yeah. took Ryan out on a hunt. So you want to kind of touch on that. So introducing, you know, hunters to hunting and you know, what made it motivate you to do that? Yeah, man. Yeah, no, that, that was a talk about a great time, man. And, and just, you know, I just happened to find Ryan right around, you know, I, I think I, I hadn't even started activate the hunt yet when I first met him. Um, I just randomly found him through, somebody tagged me in something he posted on Facebook or something like that. And I ended up finding his group, his order of man, Facebook group. 
And from there, I, I kind of started to see his posts and different things like that. And I was like, man, this guy's this guy's a good dude. He's really he's really doing something special where he's trying to help men. And I was in a point in my life where I needed some help as a man. So you know, just reading his content and, and kind of checking out what he was doing was like starting to help me a lot. And so I ended up reaching out to Ryan, and I was like, hey man, like I've worked in the hunting industry. I've you know done a lot of cool stuff marketing wise and different things. I was like. You know, I'd, I'd love to, uh, if there's any way I can help you or any way that we can work together, or maybe, you know, we might cross paths at some point. It'd be really cool because, you know, him being a man and, and working in that space to try to help other men is really similar to trying to help people with hunting in, 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 in their journey as a hunter. So uh, we ended up, he ended up uh, wanting to go to SHOT Show. He put post up there on Facebook. I was like, hey, man, I, I'm going to SHOT Show. You want to come with us? Uh, he was like, yeah, let's do it. So we ended up getting a hotel room together and going to SHOT Show and hanging out for two or three days in, in Vegas. And, and, man, we just had a good time. We just really hit it off. You know, we we're very similar in a lot of ways and different in a lot of ways, too. But it was really cool, and we hit it off and just become really good friends. And from there, you know, as his as his uh, you know organization has grown, um, you know, we've kind of went back and forth. And I try to offer up my advice where I can. And, and he also... Uh, you know, we went on that hunt. You know, I was like, man, you got to get on a hunt. You know, he was starting to get into bow hunting a little bit. Yeah. And he picked up, he ended up picking up a bow. And, and uh, you know, we kind of went back and forth. He was asking, what kind of equipment do I need? What do I need? This and that. And so we just went back and forth for about five or six months. And I was trying to give him some tips and get him you know, prepared for the hunt. And through that process, you know, I just really realized how much fun it was to help somebody kind of on that journey, somebody to, you know, take them out on their first hunt. And so he ended up coming here to Texas and, uh, a good friend of mine who, who runs an outfitting service here in Texas, uh, Clay Herzog, he runs an outfit called prone outfitters. He, uh, he graciously donated that hunt to both of us. And he said, why don't you guys come out? I, I, I'd like to take a new hunter as well, you know, and have him come out and hunt on my, on my leases and, and show him what it's all about, you know? And, and uh, this is real hunting, by the way. This wasn't like a high fence place or anything like that. Right. This was like a low <laughs> fence, you know, ranch. These were ranches that, yeah. that Clay runs, you know, he hunts on these nice private ranches. But uh, um, so we, we went out, you know, we went out to you know, North, uh, it was kind of almost the panhandle of Texas. And we went out there for a week. It was about four days. And uh, man, we just had a great time. And, and Ryan ended up, uh, you know, I kind of walked him through the process and helped him a bunch. Just brought back so many memories of my dad teaching me how to hunt and my uncle teaching me how to hunt out there, you know. And, and I just really fell in love with that experience. And it doesn't usually happen that way, but we ended up, uh, Ryan ended up killing a deer. And I killed a deer with, my, with, with a gun. And then the next day, Brian ended up killing one with his bow. And then I killed one with my bow. So we both ended up taking home a, a bunch of meat and uh, just a great experience, a great time. And, man, it, just from there, I, it, we really talked about it on that hunt. Like, he's like, man, you, yeah. you should really get something going. Like, what I'm doing with Order of Man for, you know, with your activate. Because I had just kind of started activate hunt at that time. And it was just kind of getting it off the ground. And he's like, you, you really got to focus on this. I think this is something that could be really cool and it will really help a lot of people. Because I know there's, he was like, there's a lot of guys like me who want to get into hunting, but don't really have, you know, there's a lot of information out there, but don't really have one central place that they can go and, other than social media, you know, which 
your relationships on social media are a little bit different. You know, yeah. it's not, it doesn't, it's not real, you know, it's, it's real, but it's not real. You the information's going to be different uh, for sure. Yeah. So that's really kind of what sparked kind of the, where I am now with, with activate the hunt. I, I started something called the digital campfire, digital, excuse me, the digital campfire. And that's kind of like the community side of it where we're learning and growing and inspiring each other and helping each other on our journey as hunters. And, and I just launched that actually a week ago. Yeah, a week ago. And uh, we've got a bunch of guys who signed up. And, and it's a it's a paid form. You know, you have to pay for your membership on a monthly basis to be part of that. But there's a bunch of cool perks that you get as part of it. And really the biggest perk is the community effort. Guys who are all in this together, we're all willing to learn and help each other on a personal level. And it's been really awesome. We've been doing some... Uh, we do a live video call every week on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. And uh, so we've done two calls so far. And those calls have been, like, just so awesome. We all get on a live video call together. We we talk about different hunting topics, and we help each other out. And just that camaraderie, it's, it's like it's really like sitting around a campfire, you know, like telling stories and talking about hunting together. And it's been a lot of fun, man. And I, I'm excited to see where that goes. Uh, you know, I'm excited to see how many people we can reach with that and help and, and get them on their journey, whether they're a new hunter or they've been hunting for a little while and want to learn more. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's a really cool way of, you know, bringing that community and, you know, you can bring people from all over the country, all over the globe, and then y'all can meet together one time. You yeah. have that, you know, that, that camaraderie around a campfire that you would normally have a, like a hunt camp, but you can do it, you know, in, from the comfort of your own home and still be able to connect with these people from all over the place. Exactly. And, and it's on a real personal level. Too. Yeah. That's that's what makes it even better. And I think people don't realize like we, we we're so ingrained on Instagram and Facebook and we think that those relationships are real and oh, they like my photo and so and so follows me. And it's like, come on, man. Yeah. Like I'm a I'm a social media marketing guy. Like I get this I get the psychology of it. It's really not like that. You, you need to get outside that box and you really need to connect with guys because I'm building relationships with these guys in the digital campfire now and actually some of them are coming to hunt with me now and and we're lining up hunts to go hunting together and we're lining up get-togethers to really meet each other in real life. Where social media you're just not going to have that. You're not going to have that same connection and uh you know, it's been it's been really cool, and like I said, it's just getting started. So I'm excited to see where that goes, and I really just want to help people. That's what it's all about. Yeah, that should be good. Where can people find out more about the digital campfire? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you can go to jointhecampfire.com, www.jointhecampfire.com, uh, and you can see all the information there. We do a bunch of cool stuff. Like we have a members network app where you can log in on your phone or from your desktop, where there's no algorithms, there's no censorship, anything like that. You can post up your photos. We talk about different topics in there. We, uh, all the, you know, we have a resources area where we, we, uh, I post the, the, the calls, the weekly calls we do. I post those in there so you can rewatch them just in case you missed. Um, there's all kinds of cool stuff in there. And then from there we do our weekly calls. And we do some pretty big giveaways. I'm doing some pretty cool giveaways where I'm giving away a bow. I'm giving away a hog hunt, a bunch of other stuff. Um, and those are going to be those are going to be on a monthly basis. And then uh, there's discounts from some of my partners in the industry that are giving away some different discounts on products and different things like that. And there's a bunch of cool benefits. So yeah, definitely, if, if, if you're somebody out there who's interested in being part of a real community and actually connecting with people on a real level, 
I would absolutely suggest that you check out uh, jointhecampfire.com digital campfire. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll be sure to put that link in the in the show notes for everyone, and they can go straight to the website from there. Cool. I and I appreciate you even just bringing up that topic, man. I, I, I don't, I'm I'm one of those guys who doesn't like to sit here and sell something. So <laughs> I'm really so you could probably tell I'm pretty passionate about. Oh yeah. This part of my of activate the hunt, and you know I don't think it's something I even have to sell. I think it's something once you get in there, like all the guys who are in it now, once they've gotten in there, they're like this is cool. Nobody's doing anything like this. So that just makes me feel really good that I've actually started something that's different and it's reaching people in the right way. So I appreciate you even just mentioning that, Tyler. Yeah, no problem at all. I mean, it's, it's definitely my pleasure to, you know, help you spread, spread the news on the awesome things that you're doing, awesome projects that you're working on. It's, it's definitely my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, man. I appreciate it so much. Well, uh, as we're winding down here, um, I always have one question. You know, I have one question mm-hmm. at the end of the show that I like to ask my guest, and I'm going to go ahead and give that to you right now. So, what does hunting mean to you? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, too, buddy. Uh, I really like that question a lot. Hunting to me, you know, what it means to me is it's, it's, a, it's a relationship is what hunting is. You know, it's a relationship with my creator, first of all, you know, wild animals, wild places. It's relationships with the people I hunt with. It's a relationship with uh, just time in the stand. You know, it's stress relief. It's, uh, you know, to me, hunting is a relationship. It's a relationship that has so many different parts to it that can, that really just help me and have so much value in my life in so many different ways. So just to kind of keep that short and sweet, it's, it's, it's a beautiful relationship. Man, that's a, that's a great way of putting it, especially, especially that, uh, you know, you mentioned that relationship with God, relationship with the creator and just kind of resetting our priorities for, you know, mm-hmm. with, with who we are and, you know, just getting out there and just pushing that reset button then coming back and being able to be better, better fathers, better husbands, and be able to do yeah. the things that we do outside of the woods better because of yeah. our time in the woods. Well, and, and here's another thing, man, is God put those animals here on the earth for us to consume and, and to provide for our family as right. well. And, uh, you know, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that he wanted us to enjoy animals. He wanted us to care for animals, but he also wanted us to enjoy animals. And that there's a reason why we were put on this earth to help manage those animals and keep them in check. And, and then we can use that for food and, and different things like that. I don't hunt just for the food, obviously. I hunt for the whole experience. I definitely try to mention that every time I've been asked that. But, yeah. man, the relationship that hunting, you know, that I have because of hunting, it, it goes so much further than, it goes so much further just than that kill. You know, it goes right. it goes into every different aspect. You know, the food, the, the, the family, the camaraderie, the time with my creator, you know, just, just the wild places, you know, wild animals. You know, there's just so much built into that relationship. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head on that one. That's a, that's a good answer. I appreciate that one. So, um, Thank you. Yeah, no problem. And so where can listeners, where can they learn more about activate the hunt? Yeah. Uh, probably the best place to connect with me with, uh, for activate the hunt is, uh, on Instagram. Actually, I really like that platform. I just, it's become really kind of my central hub for activate the hunt is Instagram.com forward slash activate the hunt. And then from there, you know, you can see my posts, and I, I would absolutely 
uh, suggest that you hit me up with a message as well because I really like to connect with people on a real level. And uh, from there, I hope we get to know each other and, and you see what I'm doing. Maybe check out my podcast. Obviously, you can go to my website, activatethehunt.com is, is where you can find you know, some, some more of my information and my content. But a lot of the content I put out there is through Instagram. Uh, I also have some Facebook and different things like that. And then really the, the biggest thing I'm focused on is, is uh, the digital campfire, connecting with people on a real level through that through that platform and through that organization. So, well, that's awesome. I'll, I'll be sure to put those links in the, in the show notes for people who want to connect that way. And, uh, man, awesome. I, I appreciate you taking the time tonight to, I know it's getting late, but I, I appreciate you taking the time to you know sit here and talk with me. And this was a, this was a really good conversation, I think. No, man, I really appreciate it too, Tyler. It's been awesome to connect with you. Like I said, on social media here, and hopefully we can get together here in, in real life and maybe you'll come on out here to Texas and we'll do some hunting. You know, yeah. One of the things with the digital with the digital campfires, I'm actually hoping to put some group hunts together where I can try to get some really good group pricing on, you know, maybe at a place here in Texas and do some hog hunt with some with some guys and some gals and get some people together. So that might be something we can connect on in the future as well. And but uh, I also want to say to you, I appreciate you kind of, you know, up front, you uh, you sent me a cool shirt, man, and that really like that value that you gave me and just sending me something cool and saying, Hey, you know, connecting with me, it was it really hit home with me. And that's, I'm all about that kind of stuff. I'm all about, you know, trying to help people out before they ever help me out. So I really appreciate that. And just getting to know you look forward to getting to know you more. Well, I appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm glad you like that shirt. That, that's actually one of our uh, newest designs, our full curl tee. That was a, I love that shirt. Man. Yeah, man. It turned out pretty awesome. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Pretty, pretty stoked about that one. That was pretty sweet. And then, by the way, I've got I your actually, decal on the back of my car right now, the activate the hunt <laughs> <awesome>. decal. So, <laughs> Heck yeah. So that's, that's awesome. awesome, man. Yeah. But, well, I actually wore, I wore that shirt today. So there you go. There we go. Perfect. Right now. I, I went, I went and worked out. So I didn't wear it when I went and worked out, but I wore that shirt today. So yeah, sweet. that's an awesome shirt. <laughs> that's awesome. I appreciate that, man. So, uh, again, I'm going to put those notes in the, or put those links in the show notes. And uh, I appreciate it, man.